that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Is this a personnel issue? Is I think I really think it's just a, a player fit. Like I I think, and again, is. this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers yes. that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff on you his can't, part. You can't, you can't, you cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home. And I get to stay home. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you? Today, two days into the madness. Yeah, I am. Uh, man, it has been probably the first, the best first round I can I can remember. Like even when you take away the upsets, like just top to bottom games, and so it it's been fun. It's been fun. I'm doing good because of that. Yeah, it's been a wild first few days. We wanted to record this Saturday morning. Um, we were talking about it a little off air, but it sounds like your bracket is still somewhat intact i was doing really good like like even despite purdue losing even despite mm-hmm. arizona i was doing really good until memphis lost um because i had memphis in my elite eight yep. and i had them beating purdue so like purdue losing did not bother me at all and in fact it made me it made my bracket pretty good i was in about the 88th percentile mm-hmm. and then i didn't see the game but i got i watched it when i got back um, I got the notification that FAU won, and so that dropped me. I'm down to the 75th percentile now because that was one of my um, Arizona was my other elite eight team, but I was okay with having seven of eight, and now I have six of eight. So exactly, yeah, we're, 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 we're hanging on, but it's still well, okay. I'm in the same boat. Same boat exactly. I had Memphis beating Purdue, so I was like, I wasn't scared. I, I say coming into the tournament, Purdue was not a. a I, I think me and you both were like. I mean, this Purdue team's worse than the, what they've had the past couple of years, yeah. and the Big Ten entirely is just kind of like, man, it's 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 been sad. Like, yeah. I mean, we'll That's talk cool. about one Big Ten team that kind of pulled—I don't want to say an upset, but like had had a perform had an impressive performance, but as a whole, they just have not looked good. Yeah, that's um, yeah, the only Big Ten. I mean, well, I have Maryland beat West Virginia, so you throw yeah. that in there, but. Other than that, I mean, I don't think they're, I mean, Northwestern, whatever, but um, a lot to talk about here. We're going to focus mostly, mostly on the men's side. All the women's uh, teams have not played yet at, as of this recording. Mm-hmm. Texas plays, uh, what time is the Texas game? Uh, it should be, it, it's pending the first game. For, Louisville tips yeah. off at 6.30 and then they play after that. So I'm assuming Ooh. like 8 o'clock, 8.30, something like Ooh. that. You got a late game. Okay. Yeah, we got a, it's a late tip. I'll be there at yeah. the Moody Center, so that should be fun. But it will be there. Boots yeah. on the ground reporting. For us. <laughs> um and then don't, uh, don't, Baylor... uh, don't pay no attention to my Texas shirt. I'm reporting. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh Baylor plays at four thirty in Alabama. So we talked about those teams um a little bit in the last podcast. Um not a bunch to report on the WNIT, but we'll get to that at the end. Uh let's yeah. focus on the men's tournament here because uh this is obviously what everyone's talking about. Mm-hmm. Do we go from highest seed to lowest seed? Do we go start at the one, just work our uh, way down, or what do you want? 
How you want to do it? Oh man, I mean, I guess let's talk about let's talk about the teams that won. Um, okay. Let's talk about. I guess we can kind of throw. Well, let's start with Texas because I'd say like Texas was right, probably. So we're the gonna most... do most impressive to least impressive. Yeah, I'd say let's right. go with that because to me, that Texas win. Because they didn't like if you would have, if you had to rate that performance right they won regardless and they won convincingly but if you had to rate that performance that was what maybe a six seven yeah seven from Texas right and it's like the fact that they ended up winning by that margin and putting on maybe a six or a six and a half seven performance that impressed me a lot. I don't know what to me that's what a contender does right they either blow a team out that they should like Kansas did. Or they don't play their best and still end up blowing a team out. And I came away probably the most impressed with them this weekend. Um, my, obviously, the most impressive thing is Serge Barry Rice. I mean, oh, yeah, he's been their so, leading scorer. What was the stat? He's like been their leading scorer every game since like February or something like that. He's He's been my favorite player on this team the entire season yeah. by, by a wide march. He's awesome. Um, but I, I was talking to um, I was talking to someone and they were like, you know, they're talking about, you know, what's different about this Texas team from last year's team, what's different from the past few years, you know, what's different, uh, what is going to actually be the difference this year and then making a run to potentially the Final Four, or let's just say the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. And my first instinct was the guards. Like yeah. Marcus Carr, yeah. Tyrese Hunter, Serge Barry Rice. You have a, that, that trio of guards. Someone correct, correct me if I'm wrong. It's at least the best guard trio since what, DJ Augustine's teams? Like – Probably. In the last 15 years, I yeah, can't I think say, of a guard like, trio that good. Like and that's what I, we always talk yeah. about. With this, yeah, I with think like basketball. you know we thought a couple years ago, um, Shaka's last year of Coleman, Rainey, Rainey. and Jones. Like that, that was that was a good trio, right? That was a really solid trio. Yeah. But it wasn't like a you know it helped that like they hadn't had a point guard in like five years before that, mm-hmm. and so Coleman coming in was like this huge revelation. Um, so yeah, no. Now this year it's been like okay, this feels like a team like because you have Tyrese Hunter who's you know can defend and run the point. You have Marcus Carr who theoretically is theoretically is the guy, right? The guy that you would think. But then you have Serge Ibaka Rice coming off the bench and he's been the guy. And like he's just man, I I don't know. He's been such a revelation this year. I had no idea he'd be this this year. Um, you know, I thought he'd be a really good contributor, but the fact that he's been more or less shouldering the offense for more or less a month now has been insanely impressive. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, Timmy Allen, he came back healthy, right? He missed, of course, missed the um, – how much of the tournament did he miss? Did he miss all the tournament or, like, part of yeah, the Yeah, he tournament? missed both tournaments. I mean, Dylan just yeah. one player of the tournament, so. Yeah, and so um, <laughs> they got him in there. Dylan D'Souza playing his best ball so far. And the other thing is they're not, like – they don't have to play, like – they're deep enough to where they don't have to play these guys like 30 minutes a game, right? Like Dylan, like they don't have Timmy Allen come in, you know, and playing immediately playing 30 minutes. He's playing like, what, what did he play? 20 less? Yeah. 20, 21. Um, but like they can play Brock Cunningham as a small ball, right? They can play uh, Christian Bishop a little bit. They can play these other guys and Dylan Mitchell only played 10 minutes, but like they can, you know, he started and they're just so they're like a legit eight deep. And then, you know, in the tournament, they could probably go nine if they need to. And yeah. or they can shrink it up and maybe play Timmy Allen 30 minutes a game if they need to. So I don't know. I think that the fact that they didn't play their best game at all and they still were 
pretty damn dominant after a certain point was it's just impressive i don't know i i it, we've looked for reasons like not to say that rodney terry is probably not going to get the job at this point i if i'm chris del conte it's so hard it's so hard for me not to uh, for me not to if i'm chris del conte it's so hard for me to come up with a reason for me not to give him the job it, it it will be an interesting discussion. I I will save. I think we save a big picture discussion until they lose because sure. it's hard hypothetically. Like right sure. now, if they win two more games, you know I think it's it's close to a lock. Um, mm-hmm. But we can get into. I think we can dedicate a whole freaking podcast to I was about say, yeah, Texas decision. Be... Just Texas decision podcast. Like what are they gonna do? Like we we'll, right. we will do that when they lose. But yeah, I think Texas. I mean, obviously looks great. Their three point defense holding Colgate to three fifteen shooting. That's tremendous. Colgate entered the game as one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. They mm-hmm. locked them down. That's what we expect Texas to do against these mid-major schools. Not every team was able to do that against their 15 and 16 seed. So right. don't take that for granted. That's a good win. Um, and now they have Penn State. Penn State. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Texas A&M. We're go- we'll work our way down the ladder. We'll work our way down the ladder there. But we'll, Penn State shoots a lot of threes. Very potent offensive team. It will be interesting yeah. to see if Texas can take what they did against Colgate, continue it against Penn State. All right. The second most impressive team to me, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I missed somebody, was Baylor. Yeah. No, I think I'd, I think I'd agree with that. Is that wrong? So Baylor uh, beats UC Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara 74 to 56 in Colorado. A uh, game that was close at halftime. It was a one-point game at half, and then Baylor pulled away, outscored UC Santa Barbara thirty-nine to twenty in the second half after trailing by one at half. Um, it was one of those games where they didn't even need anything crazy out of their guards. Flagler with eighteen points, Cry with fifteen points, George nine, but Caleb Lohner season high thirteen points. Um, I believe Josh had a pretty. Um, yeah, I mean, well, Josh Ontario, I can't say his last name. Ojin Wuna, 12 yeah. minutes. Jonathan Chamochachua, 17 minutes. So it, was allow- it allowed their front court to be more diverse than it usually is. Um, but, yeah, just a really solid second half from this team. And that's that's what we want to see is if you go down in the first half to these teams, you're good enough in the second half to put it together and put the game away, which Baylor, we as we know, is good enough to do this. We just had question marks if they could do it in the second round. I was about to say like that. That's kind of it's 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 interesting that like the two impressive performances were two teams that like didn't look their best at times, mm-hmm. and were still able to come away with pretty dominant wins. Of course, Baylor going into the half down a point, but you know I, I had and I again I had some of my concerns that we've had all year about the defense and things like that. We're just like, uh, is this team? I I don't, I wasn't worried. Right, even though we had seen some upsets at that point, I still wasn't worried about Baylor because I was like, ah, this, the offense will be fine and they'll click. But there were still some concerns about, you know, later on in the tournament, this defense, and, and I still have those concerns that this defense could come back to bite them. Mm-hmm. But I think the offensive ceiling of this team is just so much fun. And when they do get those one or two defensive stops, they're just so unstoppable in transition. They can be so, you know, so effective at, at finishing and. I think they found the right balance in this game of using their, you know, Jonathan Jamachacho, of course, is, is not the player. He's still coming back. He's still not 100%. You know, he's still not starting. Um, 
but they found the right balance, I think, of like Flo Thamba's not playing a lot. He's not playing a lot. They can kind of rotate these guys in and out. And no, there's not counting on one guy to be that defensive anchor, more or less. And like you mentioned, they let the backcourt just kind of cook and kind of do what they can do. And yeah, they, it was kind of an all-around effort. I mean, uh, Caleb Lohner, like you mentioned, having a really good game off the bench. And I don't know, it, it, this game to me, it's going to kind of have to be what Baylor is, right? The mm-hmm. offense is going to have to shoulder the load. The backcourt's going to have to be what they they are. Um, and again, if, if if we don't have that, what's interesting about this Baylor team is if we don't have that Butler, Teague, Mitchell backcourt that won a national title, we're probably talking about this is like Baylor's best backcourt in Scott Drew's history. Like it's yeah. nuts how like how the standard was kind of set, you know, a couple years ago, which is unfortunate for them. But that's kind of the unfortunate thing for this. It's like, yeah, you're watching probably the best backcourt they've ever had, except for the national title year. <laughs> I mean, how many backcourts in the country are better? Like sure. we, we talked oh. about Texas, Car Hunter, uh, Rice. Like that is comparable to me. But right. I can't this go is- much farther. I mean, <sighs> I mean, Purdue, Kansas, like you know, Arkansas, full strength, maybe you nope. know, Black Smith or whatever. But like, yeah, like I would, I would take. I mean, Flagler, uh, Cryer, and George. Are you kidding me? Like, I'll take those guys over any of these exactly. other teams. Yeah, so it, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting discussion. Um, but yeah, now they have Creighton, and I I said it before, Creighton. I thought Ooh. Creighton was gonna win that game. Yeah. I, I still don't feel great about Baylor in that game. Creighton, I just, looked really Creighton good. is Creighton. a team that can score with you. I thought Creighton looked really good against NC State. They were in they closed that so. game out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It's gonna be a real. This is obviously every game in the NCAA tournament is a real test. But like, yeah. if they get through this game, our Arizona's out of their region. Yeah, like if you win this game, you're playing either Princeton or Missouri. And that is significantly easier to me than Creighton. Like Creighton, Creighton at its peak yeah. is a four seed, three seed. Like they could play that well. Baylor's defense is going to have to play a very, very solid game. I said it before. I think Creighton wins this game. But if if Baylor can win this game, we're looking at a potential path to an elite eight for this team. I was about and to say that whoever wins this game is the favorite to go to the elite eight. Yes, um, easily because. Yeah, I, I, I'm i like you. I'm like the way – because Creighton didn't play great. NC State was pretty good in that game. But Creighton closed incredibly. Like they just hit shots at the end. Baylor Shireman didn't play his best game, but he had a big shot late. Um, it was definitely a kind of caulk burner that, that really shouldered that load. Um, and for me, I'm like, who guards – Ryan Cockburner for Baylor. Like you would, think, you would think uh, obviously a healthy Jonathan Chamachacho, but it's like, it might have to be by committee. Uh, just kind of throwing three dudes at him you know, over the course of the yeah. game. Um, but then at that point it's like, okay, do you just let Baylor Shireman, you know, cook or Ryan Nemhard? You know, what, what do you kind of do with those guys? So yeah, it, 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 that's going to be a very, I think that's a very bad matchup for Baylor. Um, granted Creighton also has to stop. Keontae George yes, and, yes. And, and, and a lot of talent, a lot of yeah, talent. Exactly. On the court. This, this is going to be a game of just like shots and shot makers. Um, I'm very excited for that one, but I do worry a little bit more about Baylor on that end. The third most impressive team to me is a team that lost in the first round. Okay. Okay. It was AM Corpus Christi. Yeah. They won their playing game against Southeast Missouri, 75 mm-hmm. 71, um, a game that. 
I didn't watch all of it, but they were in control or they led for pretty much the entire game. I right. mean, Southeast Missouri made a little run late, but and of Corpus Christi, I thought was the better team um, in the segments that I watched. Uh, then they played Alabama, and you know Alabama's favored by twenty five. Yeah, all this stuff. And of Corpus Christi kept it within twenty, or kept it around twenty, basically the entire. I was about to say they were down twenty at halftime. I was about to say was it ten or nine at halftime? No, no, they were down twenty at halftime. What the hell? Thirty four to fifty four at half. But the second half, they didn't let it get away. They cut Mm -hmm. it to fifteen at one point. Again, this isn't to give them like a you know participation or trophy right, or whatever right, right. it was, but it they played. I watched a good amount of this game. I they were they, it was a decent. Well. I was about to say it was a decent effort from them. Like I, I had it on in the office, and like, sure, yeah, you're just kind of what you're just kind of wanting to see the effort, right? You're not really expecting them to go. Like Alabama was like, is the number one overall seed? They're, they're not Purdue, right? Exactly, it's not Purdue. You're not like, oh, they can get them. It's like, no, they can't. Like, I'm sorry. They and Corpus Christi played Purdue though. We could be talking about this team very differently because <laughs> this this team is better than fairly Dickinson. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, I'm just saying. Yes, 100%. No, but like, no, I agree. Like, I, I, I was kind of, I was half watching, right? Because I'm like, I wasn't trying to pay too much. Like, I was like, I don't want to really like, you know, I I, I don't want to feel bad about this season for, for Corpus Christi, right? They got the play-in win, which is their, I think their first tournament win in program history. Um, Jalen Jackson had a really good game in that in that one. Um, and yeah, it was like, I, I was like, okay, I feel good about this program. I feel good about this team. I don't want to watch them lose by 40, but I had it on anyway. Um, but no, every time I looked up, I was like, okay, like, all right. It's not, again, they weren't going to win, but like, it was, it was like you mentioned, they never let it really get away. They kept it within that margin where it's like, okay, that's respectable. Right. Mm-hmm. Alabama's the best team, probably the best team in the country. And you wouldn't, that's the kind of performance you expect from them right where it's like either they win by 20 or they win by 30 40 (laughs) and they never it was on the it was on the other end right Mashilo had a good game Tennyson had a good game and they never really like you mentioned never really let it get away Jalen Jackson really really didn't play that great in this one but it didn't again Alabama it's fine um I guess if you're the the one thing you could say about this one if you're Corpus Christi like in a disappointing way is that you kind of lost by that margin and Brandon Miller played like his worst game of the year, <laughs> right? Like he didn't make a shot. Did he make a shot? I think that was like a run where he like, he was, he didn't make a shot in the first half. That's okay. Yeah. I, I was about to, he was, he finished over five. Okay. There it is. I'm looking at the box score now. Uh, he finished over five and like, that's the only, like, again, you couldn't expect to win, but you're like, dang, we could have probably pushed it a little bit closer with their best player, not playing good, but yeah. it's whatever. Great season. You pick up your first tournament win, um you're likely holding on to steve lutz for another year so you're probably feeling really good if you're that program dude yeah great year for main of corpus christi there um who was more impressive to you tcu or houston because both struggled it's tcu i think it's tcu okay I think it's not like they they were going to, they almost lost the game ish no sure sure here's the thing i mean we can have this discussion like Houston to me, we'll, we'll okay. stick with TCU before we get on to Houston. But okay, okay. To me, TCU one obviously faced a tougher team. Yes. Right? Obviously. Yes. I'm willing to give them credit for scrapping out a win against Arizona State than Houston, who 
Northern Kentucky shot five of 30 from three, and they were in that game. Houston got out-rebounded on the offensive glass. And, like, the thing that they do, (laughs) and they somehow had to gut. And I don't care if Marcus Sasser was out. I'm sorry. You're in one seed, right? This is a team that made the Elite Eight without him last year, right? I I will give I give full credit to TCU over Houston because this is the, we've we've held those concerns about Houston all year long that I don't know this team just kind of being really weird and Jamal Shedd turned the ball over in some weird situations yesterday and it's just like they didn't look like the team that I wanted them that I thought we'd be getting in March yeah and TCU. I don't know. I mean, again, Arizona State, I don't think the Pac-12 is great this year, um, but I'll give them credit for scaring TCU over Northern Kentucky. I, I want to talk about Houston, but I said we're okay. going to do this in order of most impressive. So let's stick to TCU. Yeah. Let's stick to TCU. Let me click off of the Houston tab on my computer and scroll back over to TCU. Yeah, yeah. And stay disciplined. Stay disciplined. <laughs> uh, I thought TCU was going to lose this game. I don't. Oh yeah, no. I you were texting me just saying like they're gonna blow this, and I, I couldn't blame you. They were down like seven with like five minutes left, some four yeah. minutes left, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, and then Mike Miles. It's like a, it's like a great boxer. It's kind of yeah. like he just started walking them down. Every time down the court, it said it was Mike Miles' possession. Mike yeah. Miles get to the free throw line. Mike Miles get to your spot. Get to the rim, Mike Miles. I mean. It, that it just felt like he was in control and he was the best player on the court. I did love and how in the post game pre the post game press conference you know, on the on the court, I forgot who was with him. Um, yeah. it was Andy Katz. He had like the hypnotoad flag, like he's at the Olympics with like his country. Yep. <laughs> he's like holding the hypnotoad. Yep. <laughs> he was well. I saw that uh, they had it like chest up, and I saw a little bit of flag. I was like. Is he holding like a country flag or something? Yeah. Like what is this? And then they zoom out and it's zoom out. I thought that was hilarious. Um, like, so, he's anyways, like dead tired, yeah. and like you would think, like the way he's the way he's looking, is like he's repping. And you're like, what are you repping? <laughs> what are you repping? It's the hypnotoad. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Mike Miles just walked him down. That's what it felt like. Every yeah. time it felt like Michael Myers was coming at you with the knife, just walking you down. There's nothing you can do about it. That's <laughs> what Mike Miles was. And yeah. full credit to him for making that pass to Jacoby Coles when they double teamed him. And that was, they, tripled, they tripled. They like they doubled him and then they had a help. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like they triple teamed him. And, and Coles, yeah, like pump like I I I was my heart sank when he started driving that ball. I was like, oh, I was like, please don't, please don't. He, he pump faked, started taking him off the drill. I was like, what are you doing? We are the same. We are the same person. When he caught it, I said, Jacoby ain't doing this. <laughs> and, and notice I covered Jacoby Coles at Denton Guy Legend, man. Shout out Jacoby right. Coles. No, take nothing away from him. I right. was just scared to death. I was, I was scared. It's to like, death. bro, this is a guy who can't jump, who can't, like, you know, credit to him. That's his, his game works, but like, he's not somebody no, who's like, who I expect to take somebody off the dribble. He's not a face-up big, you know? Like, hey, I credit to him. 11 points, 5 of 10 shooting, four, 4 offensive boards. Complete yeah. credit to Jacoby Coles. There was a time when Mike Miles was off the court um, in the second half, and they had Micah Peavy and Jacoby Coles and, like, 
um, I don't remember who else on the court, but there was a common lineup combination. I was just like, ah, I don't like this lineup. And right. like this TCU team as a whole is very much Mike Miles and the rest. Like yeah. it's very much Mike Miles, and then hopefully Damian Ball can contribute, and then everybody else kind of fills into their role. Um, so for Jacoby Coles to step up in that way and make that shot, it's huge. It's that's what this team needs. That's what this team needed. And uh, so congratulations to TCU. Cause like you said, them pulling out this win, gutting out this win is, is impressive at this point in the year. It's just about winning the damn game. That's right. all it's about. And it looked like, like when I mean, Mike like, miles was hurt. I was about I was to say scared. Mike miles came back in hurt and it was clear that he wasn't healthy. And like, again, he's just, it's just, I, I don't like <laughs> at this point, I mean, we know what they are without Eddie Lampkin, right? They missed that. They missed his offensive board. So, like, yes. but that, so that was huge. That like yes. Jacoby Cole stepped into those minutes, and the fact that they're finding ways to win, like, uh, like O'Bannon had a pretty good offense game, right? It was mm-hmm. like Damian Ba had a pretty good. He contributed in offense, right? Again, offensively, yeah, it's mostly Mike Miles and figuring out who else is around him. But like, they were finding those other moments. Uh, O'Bannon hit like a, a, a couple mid-range shots that they really needed in clutch times. And of course, they're, you know, when the defense had to come on, they found a way to come on late. Uh, they didn't have their best game, but it was st- they were still able to find a way to win. It was, yeah, I don't I'm, I don't know. I was very, I think this team, and we can talk about, we can preview later, but like this style and the way this team plays, they can beat Gonzaga. Like I'm, I'm. I think they can beat Gonzaga. They're gonna need a good performance again from Mike Miles. They're gonna need him to put on that cape again, probably a thirty point performance. But like, I think they can really make this game. They can scrap out this game and really make this tough on Gonzaga. I, I have them beating Gonzaga, but that's me. That was me being really high on TCU. I, I, I don't know. I, I think this matchup is better for them than say in Arizona state. Um, we'll see, obviously uh, Gonzaga is a lot more talented than Arizona state, but I think matchup wise, I think T- these type of wins, I could see TCU getting against teams that are maybe more talented than them. Yeah. That's an interesting, I, I don't know how I feel about Gonzaga right now. Like Gonzaga is going to put up 80 points. That's the mm-hmm. problem I think. And like TCU is going to have to match that. Can they, I think they can. T- Gonzaga is a very, I, I mean, I picked TCU in my bracket. I still, sure. I don't know who I would take in that game. Right. I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of a sure. little worried about Gonzaga right now. Okay. Um, you want to get the next to team, We can get to Houston now. We can, yeah. we can get, get to Houston. Uh, like you said, I think you laid it out well a few minutes ago, but for those who maybe fast forwarded to the Houston part in this podcast, um, they beat Northern Kentucky 63 to 52. A very uninspiring performance from them. Um, they go into half up three. Um, you know, there wasn't a concern they were going to lose right? for the most part. I didn't think they were going to lose. I didn't but, think they were going to lose. But it was just like I was waiting for them to look like a team that could make an Elite Eight. Last year, they played UAB in the first round and stomped them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of what I was waiting to see. A hot UAB team, too. Uh, yeah, a scary UAB team. And they just stomped them. And that was like we said. it was out, That was without Sasser. That was without, without Tremont Marks. So we said, all right. Now you have those two. This is what we've talked about all year. You have those yeah, two. Jarris Walker is going to be a top 10 pick. Jarris Walker, top 10 pick. Let's see it. Let's see it. Put it together. Let's let's do it. Um, and they just looked very uninspired to me. They um, looked kind of timid in a way. 
Um, we texted when Marcus Sasser is not on the court, they look like a different team. And maybe obviously last year was different because he was out for the entire year almost. And mm-hmm. so they could build an identity without him. And now if he goes to the bench, if he misses time, if he's hurt, they don't know what to do. Their pace slows down to, I mean, a crawl. I think they are. I think they're already in like in like the three hundred twenty range in Ken Palm and pace. Right. Um, yeah, they're three hundred forty first in Ken Palm in uh, tempo. So when Sasser's not out, they get even slower. They hesitate. They can't shoot the ball, and yeah, it's just really, really not good. Uh, and now they have Auburn today, and yeah. there's a lot of concern. I tweeted this out, but they don't have that physical edge that the last two teams had. They don't play like those teams that were out to strangle you for a loose ball. Mm. It doesn't feel the same anymore. And so with that being said, I think their floor is lower, but obviously their ceiling is still higher because of the talent that they have on the court. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I mean, I mentioned it like they, they got beat on the offensive boards by Northern Kentucky. Like 18. Houston, Houston, Northern Kentucky had 18 offensive rebounds, right? Against Houston, the best team yep. in like over the last three, four years of crashing the offensive glass. And they just look like a team. Like when Sasser was out, they were just like, What do we do? You know, like Jamal Shed had six assists and six turnovers. He, I mean, some of them were just like weird turnovers, like behind people's heads, kind of. It was really awkward. Um, Jairus Walker looked like he was trying a little too hard to be that guy at times. He didn't look like he was, I don't say he wasn't ready for the, but it looked like he put too much pressure on himself to be that, that guy, that alpha guy. Yeah. But and I was like, still cool with him shooting. I mean, he went six of eight from the field. I sure. Like, sure. No, I'm not if saying if he not, played if bad, nothing else with, when Sasser's not on the court. Yeah. I right. think it almost has to be Jairus Walker. Sure. But at times it was like Emmanuel Sharp had to hit some big shots he late did. for them. To yep. Like he hit some, he hit, I think he hit back to back threes or something. Yep. Um, yes, in in late in the second half, and it was like, okay, that's what they kind of needed to really. Yeah. Then Jamal Shedd kind of got going, and that's what kind of put the game away finally. But again, you had Northern Kentucky shooting twenty seven percent, and they they're within what they're within uh, single digits most of that game. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what what needed? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was missing? You know, like you mentioned, it just wasn't that edge, and now. You get an Auburn team that, granted, they won kind of a, a track meet versus Iowa. It was like n- no one played defense in that game. Uh, Auburn's pretty good on defense, well, but they in didn't. In the second half, I think they combined for like 100 and something points. Right. Yeah, I was about to say, like, no, Auburn's a pretty good defensive team, and they did not show it in the, in, against Iowa. Um, granted, like, we'll see. Uh, Sasser says he's playing 100%. Like, like, like after the game, they asked him, because um, I was watching some of their post-game stuff, and Kelvin Sampson said, uh... Or somebody, somebody asked him, was like, hey, do you regret playing Marcus Sastry? And he's like, well, I didn't, I didn't like, it wasn't my call. Like if the trainer says he's good to go. And if he's, if the player says he's good to go, he's going to play. And so like, that's what happened. Um, Sasser says he's going to be a hundred, he's a hundred percent playing. Uh, the bigger concern for me is that apparently Jamal Shedd's hurt too. <laughs> like yeah. uh, Kelvin Samson said he has a bad leg or a bad knee or something, which that can mean anything. That can be a bone bruise that can mean a strain that can mean a yeah. meniscus or whatever you can mean it can mean like everything um but both said they're playing we'll see auburn's a team that they're gonna need yeah they're a team that could scrap with them right so like they're a team that's gonna be willing to play defensively bruce pearl's that dude in terms of like being a weird 
kind of a weird defensive, you know, energetic kind of coach. So he's going to have them, they can play their style. Um, granted, this isn't the matchup that I'm worried about them for, um, or at least wasn't worried about them for um, before this game. Maybe yep. I am a little bit more now, but I would not. Pending Sasser's availability. Actually, no, even not pending that. I think this is a, a game that they could win. They, could, I, I think they'll look better in this game. Yeah, my concern is the next game. Like if they, if Indiana wins their game, that's my concern, and that was always my concern. But granted, this one I'm not. I think they could win, as we saw in this game. They can win an ugly game, and that's kind of how they've won their games always. So even without Marcus Sasser, I think they'll be fine in this game. Um, my concern will be, like you mentioned, their ceiling is still, or their floor is a little bit lower, or uh, a little bit lower now than it was. And so that's where I'm at right now is looking to the looking to the second weekend. We'll see, but in this one, I'm a little concerned because. Auburn's defense didn't look as good as I thought it was in, against Iowa. Um, so if you know if they can stop turning the ball over and just look a little mm-hmm. more cohesive, Houston, I think they can get it done. They'll be fine. But yeah, going forward, I think I'm more concerned now about like teams like Indiana. Yeah, my bracket is is pretty bad right now, but <laughs> I feel like I've I saw things like I'm I'm seeing the field really well. Like I still right. feel like. Like you said, Indiana, Houston. If they played right now, I'm taking Indiana. Yeah. Like I don't. I just. That's how I feel. Uh, Houston, maybe I might, take, I might take Miami too. Like it. Didn't, it almost doesn't. Like I'd be concerned either way. Yeah. I feel like in that next game. It, yeah, I don't have anything else to say on Houston. We'll see. No, maybe it, they, it was. A very, I, it's a very concerning performance. Like it was like, <laughs> this is a team that we've been skeptical about as like a contender. We know they're talented. But it's like, oh man! Now if Mark, like, if this, if the groin isn't is a thing that Marcus Sasser has to worry about now, that's a thing. Like groin injuries are like lingering, right? He's not like his yeah. career is not over, but like for at least the next month, a certain movement can like yeah. really reaggravate that. The fact that that's, he missed the entire game after reaggravating that—that's really concerning. No, that's. I mean, that's part of the reason I I picked them to lose in the Sweet Sixteen. Like I, I he's not healthy. He wasn't healthy. Yeah. Like there's. No, he's right. he's clearly not. So right. um, we'll see. I do think they beat Auburn. I'll give them Auburn. I, I was about to say, like, it would not shock me if they come out and like, I don't say look like Houston, but like they have a better performance against Auburn. Yeah. Just don't turn the ball over seventeen times. Okay. <laughs> um, I think that's all the good performances. All we have left is A and M and Texas Southern. Um, uh, both, you know, I was gonna say Southern. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Texas Southern. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they lost they, to they, Fairleigh Dickinson, so. You know, hey, not look, I was about to say, they, what are you gonna do, man? You lost to a team that uh can knock off a number one seed, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, clearly, clearly, they you know didn't, didn't do anything wrong in that game. Shout out to Johnny right. Jones for even getting them to that point. Man, um, I know, right? Are right, you wanna you wanna you wanna pop off on these Aggies real Texas quick? Texas AM, though, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna I, I, pin go okay, so I picked AM in my bracket, yeah, fully yep, aware yep. Penn State has been playing well, fully aware sure. Penn State could shoot the ball. And uh, I fully aware this was a tough matchup for Texas A&M. The problem I have is that the entire season, when I picked against Texas A&M, they won. Uh-huh. They they won games. That was their whole mo. Was that like we find ways to win the game? We got these tough guards. We can match up pretty well with most teams in the country. We went mm-hmm. through the SEC. Granted, the SEC is, you know, it is what it is this year. It's fine. Yeah. It's not great. Tennessee. 
Um, they beat Tennessee. They beat Alabama. Um, I'm, this is a team that is a good team. I don't want to make it sound like they were they were a bad team this year. Well, but also they had the ad like going into it, they were like, oh, they had the added fuel motivation of being underseeded, right? Like Kentucky got a six seed over them, which is stupid, right? Kentucky was not better than them this year, and so it was like, okay, there's some added fuel to this team. Like they looked, they they ended the year really well. You add the fuel of like the the oh man we're a lot better than this and they gave us they gave us the hottest team in the big one of the hottest teams in the country and the big yep. coming out of the big 10 and a team that we're better than is ranked higher than us and i i expected i wouldn't have been shocked if they came out and controlled this game wire to wire was like let's just put this to bed right we are one of the better teams in the country you know they whether the committee had some agenda to set up Texas versus A&M or whatever, all the yeah. conspiracy theories, all this stuff, put it to bed, right? Come out and squash this team. And then, <laughs> and then they just let dude homeboy over here, Andrew Funk, go stupid from three. Andrew Funk, Andrew Funk goes stupid from three. What he hit eight, eight of ten, eight of ten, and like. Even if, even if, this is going to be my original point, even if you take him out, because sometimes shooters just get hot, right, in the yeah. tournament. Sometimes shooters just pop off. You come out and lay an egg on offense. You just look like garbage on offense. Like, I, I don't know. Again, 8 of 10 is 8 of 10. Sometimes you just, some dudes, it's just some dude's night. Mm-hmm. Cool. That wasn't the reason y'all lost. <laughs> No, they lost 59 points. 59 points in a game where you knew heading into halftime that you things were looking shaky. You were like, oh, this is this is not 38 good. to 22 at halftime. Right. You needed, away, you needed to turn away. something on at halftime. And they didn't. <laughs> they yeah. just came out and looked so bad. They looked like they were just going through the motions. It looked like the team that had a bad non-conference schedule and had a bad non-conference performance. And it looked like for the first three months of the season, oh, we can write this team off. They're not going to matter. It looked like that team. (laughs) Largest lead for Penn State was 69-43 to with seven minutes left in the game. Thankfully, for Texas A&M's sakes, they closed the game on whatever run that was and only lose by 17 instead of 30. Um but make no mistake about it, the score was not even as close as 76-59. Uh, Wade Taylor had very low, very little impact on this game. Four fouls, one of ten from three, ten points. Uh, Boots Radford, 14 points, but on five of 15 shooting. Dexter Dennis at least showed up, uh, 19 points. And no one else on the team could do anything. No one else. And... My my biggest like like you said the offense was probably the biggest concern, but their defense legitimately showed no resistance yeah. to Penn State getting paint touches to Penn State uh, getting uh, penetrating and forcing help. Yep. And I mean the the off ball screens for Funk and for other guys for Penn State were just easy. Like their the physicality wasn't there. This was this is a Texas A M team that has played. Tennessee, like I said, Alabama, mm-hmm. like I said, Auburn. I mean, they've played all these teams, and Penn State comes in here and kicks your door down, yeah. and you're not ready for them. Right? It was bizarre. It was 
mind-boggling. And I think, like you said, it looked like a team that lost to Wofford. It looked like a team that lost to, I mean, Boise State's good in the tournament, but like Boise State, Murray State, you go down the non-conference losses. This is what this team is capable of. And I don't know what happened in conference because I, I'm going to give them credit for that. It was a good yeah. year, yeah. but got like, back to the tournament. But yeah, it's just like if you just if you if you only if you assess this team based on the games not played against SEC schools, it was an awful year. <laughs> yeah, like literally. And we said before that the the SEC is what it is this year, and they you know strength of schedule wise in the SEC was not great. Right, but like still. Still, they beat Arkansas at home, Tennessee at home, Alabama at home, um, you know, Florida at home, Ole Miss at home, or I'm sorry, Missouri at home. So, yeah, they had all these home SEC wins mm-hmm. and not much else to speak about. Kentucky yeah. on the road lost, Arkansas on the road lost, Mississippi State on the road lost. I don't know what to make of this season, ultimately. They beat Arkansas in the SEC tournament. Uh, we'll probably do some big picture stuff on all the teams, but like this was a very, it was a bad loss. It was a, it was a very bad loss. Like, like you mentioned, most of Penn State's threes, like one, I don't know. Like, at some point with Ashton Funk, they were just like so committed to getting him. You know, it was basically the the JD Reddick Ray Allen special, where it's like we're just yeah. gonna run this dude off like twelve screens, right? And at some point, you got to be risking something like pull an arm, pull a jersey, right? <laughs> like they yeah. were like do something. And there were so many moments where because he was so hot from three, he pulled. I mean, he started to pull the Serge Barry Rice, where it's just like, oh, he's a pump fake from getting wide open, and. That's how uh, that's how they hit. Uh, uh, that's how they started some other threes. Where like Seth Lundy was like hitting. A, he's like pump fake, boom, wide open sidestep, wide open three. And it was like, all right. At, at some point, you just had to like risk some other strategy because something wasn't working. Um, but like you mentioned, even when you take that away, some of those are driving kicks. Some of those are just like getting in the lane, like boom. The the last three hit a uh, uh, funk hit from the logo. It was like I forgot who had the ball, but like he drove baseline, wide open lane. And everybody just crashed and he kicked it out and funks at the logo and just launches it. And it's like, it was just so easy to get inside. And this is a team that, you know, hinged itself on defense and they just completely collapsed. And offensively, they've been good enough to get things done. But it's like when the defense was that bad, right? What did, let me see, what did Penn State shoot from the, they shot 58% from the floor. I'm not even going to, again, I'm not even going to bother about the three. 59% from three is stupid and unsustainable. That's not what I'm worried about, right? I'm worried about how they got those looks. I'm worried about how those looks were set up. I'm worried about the other shots that they got. People, you know, Ashton Funk had his, had a night of his life. But, like, again, you can't defend half of that, right? Some of those were, like, just, like, dumb. Like, Wade Taylor got in his face a couple times, and it's like he hit a shot. Okay, cool, right? That's something you can't stop a lot of the time. But you can stop the way he gets that look. You can stop the way you know the the defense was uh, was was collapsing on the point guard. You can stop the way you could, or you could make shots on your own end. <laughs> there are yeah. so many other ways that you could just slow that down. And yeah, the way it feels like a full circle moment that yeah. the way this this is the way this team lost, and this is the way this team's eliminated. So yeah, I don't know. We we had like a somewhat of a mea culpa on this team during conference, saying yeah, you know, sorry, we had questions about this team, and you know, they're actually a lot better. And and this is the way they, they get eliminated. The thing the thing I like about the tournament 
or that I yeah. love about the tournament is for the most part, like obviously there are massive upsets and there's teams yeah. that shouldn't lose that lose, like all this stuff. For the most part, the teams get exposed for what they are. Yeah. Like the, at the end of the day, teams will win or teams will lose because of their flaws. And I think we saw Texas A&M, their flaws that were masked throughout the season. And again, not saying they didn't have a good season because they did that awesome season. Mm-hmm. There was a reason we had question marks in, about them until late in the SEC. We didn't give them that like pass. We didn't say that they were back. or We didn't say that they had broken through until late in the conference season. Because we kind of knew what this team was and what they were like, their limitations were. Yeah, and we know what we saw in the non-conference, like that's the whole thing. So it'll be it will be interesting to see um, moving forward because it is a there are some seniors on this team and it's a very talented team. We'll see what Wade Taylor does. We'll see. What oh, I, I'm more concerned about the. I'll say that this was the first year that like Buzz Williams like brought everybody back, and I think more or less I think Radford's gone or is Coleman gone? Which one's gone? I forgot. Uh, I'm not sure. I I, I haven't. Uh, I know Taylor's it. back. Taylor's only a sophomore, so that's a huge one. Um, I want to say Dennis is. I know Dennis is a senior, and I want to say. Uh, anyway, Shit, I, I was uh, I was talking uh, about Wade Taylor for like Pro Bowl. I mean, potentially, maybe. I don't know. I, 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 that's what I was looking. At. I knew he wasn't. I think old. he maybe have. I think he maybe has one more year. Um, I think so too. But regardless, this is the first year that it's. Let me see. <clears throat> I have the roster up right here. Radford. So they lose Radford, and they lose Dennis. But they and I think they oh they hold on to Julius Marble. So Marble theoretically Marble Taylor, um, Coleman are back right. So those are your big three. Hold, holding on to those guys is going to be an issue because you know uh, uh, Buzz Williams again. I mentioned this is the first year that he's held on to his whole roster more or less from one year to the next. Um, so I don't know if if there's some transfer portal rumors. I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if they all came back. Let's put it that way. Um, but that's okay, always a concern. Well, we talked about it. And, okay, I don't want to derail this because we we spent yeah, a lot of time yeah. on it. But like right, right, right. we talked about in the night conference, like when they were losing, there's a reason we talked about Buzz Williams like hot seat for a second, right? Because like this was the return of all these guys, and they were supposed to be this, and they were they weren't they weren't right. reaching their expectations, and we're looking at the roster like okay, what what do you have to hold on to? I think right. that we said that exact thing like. What do you have to hold on to? So now going to next year, assuming they keep Wade Taylor and assuming they keep the guys that you mentioned, which mm-hmm. is always an if, are they're just gonna have to hit the portal because like high school I, recruiting I, for yeah. them hasn't been great. I was about to say yes, no, literally they just have to like they just got to go portaling. Like they got to find. Uh, and again, there's gonna be some names out there, and I'm just I'm just wondering if Anim's gonna be in for them because like Julius Marvin is a good pickup for them, but like was he a game breaker at Michigan State? Like we'll get Fardos. <laughs> that's going to be my my blanket just statement for everybody every just go get fardos go get fardos lsu go get fardos I mean, just, texas, A&M, texas go, go get fardos. fardos yeah just go get them go get fardos <laughs> um but anyways yeah so yeah. sorry there goes texas a&m season yeah we, we, we hardly knew you so which all right, all right so which which game now we're recording this the day of so i don't want to preview it too much but which game are you looking forward to now in the the in the mo- looking forward to most in the round of 32? Creighton Baylor. You, that's I think that's and that's too. flipped a little bit because I said TCU Gonzaga before Gonzaga, TCU Gonzaga will be a good one. I'm also well, 
not to get off of Texas, but Kansas, Arkansas, I think is going to be an awesome game today. Yeah, that's um, going to be really, I was about to say that's that one. I, I, I texted my friend cause one of my friends is an Illinois fan. And uh, before Arkansas, uh, before Arkansas, Illinois, I was like, this is the best matchup between two underperforming rosters who could absolutely also beat Kansas. <laughs> like, and so I'm very interested in that one too. Cause if Arkansas puts it together for once this season, yeah, they could beat Kansas. Um, for me, I think it's Texas Penn State. Mm. Like, okay. I, I think I'm mean, again, Texas did not play their best game, obviously, like we mentioned. But I think if they have that kind of game against Penn State, that, that could scare them a little bit. And Penn State, of course, they could they shoot the three really well. Texas defends the three really well. Um, so I think that's that's something that plays into their favor. But I think I'd just be really interested to see the hot shooting team, one of the best, you know, one of the hottest teams in the country. How does Texas handle that? I don't know. Um that's kind of me, but I, I think I'm with you as far as like number one. I think Baylor Creighton is going to be yeah. has the potential to be really damn good. Yeah, if Penn State takes out both of our teams right here, we have to declare war on Penn State. I'm so glad I held on to my skepticism about AM because I thought about it. I thought about sending AM to the Sweet 16. I was like, I thought about it. I was like, oh man, they ended the year really well. You know, it, it would be it would be the most AM thing to like knock off texas after all these questions we had about them and all this and i thought about it and i was like uh, and i switched it at the last minute i was like no 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 texas has been the better team just stick with that i had penn state in my bracket up until the last day and i switched it partially because i wanted a&m just i really wanted a&m texas we all we all wanted that right and i think somebody tweeted i was like i think it was uh tom fernelli from cbs and i was like you got to respect a&m for for sticking to the bit of not wanting to play Texas. Like, it was like, no, ma- no matter what, refusing to play Texas. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's good. All right. Um, I think that's we all we got on the men's side. Um, my final four is still intact. So sorry to all I was about that. I'm still good. Purdue I'm still good. or Arizona. Yep. Y'all should know better than that. I mean, at least Purdue. If you have Purdue in your final Purdue. four here, oh, come on now. Here's my statement. Did you, yeah. where, you had Purdue losing to Memphis, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. A lot of my friends had Purdue losing to Memphis. Well, look, getting Memphis wrong is one thing, but if you have Purdue in your Final Four, hot take. Yeah. If you had Purdue in your Final Four, I don't trust you watching basketball. Get out! I don't trust you watching basketball. I'm doing like, the Marcus no way Camby you watched gift. Purdue this year and said that's a Final Four team. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. I'm doing the Marcus Camby Knicks gift. Get out! <laughs> I had to get him out. Even of if here. you didn't watch them this year, if you know right. anything about Purdue, you don't take them to go to the Final Four. Sorry. No. No. Matt Painter, there's get the out hot here. take. Sorry if you listened to this and had Purdue in your final four. That painter um, is like notoriously underachieving in, in the tournament. Come on now. He's almost filled out the bingo card of losses of teams <laughs> or seeds he's lost to. That's a good point. I, I don't know if you saw the tweet or maybe it was Purdue as a program or whatever it was. Maybe. I, think I mean, right, three might as well be Purdue as a program. I think it was only the 13 seed, like eight seed and something else uh, are the only three seeds they haven't lost to. So amazing. I think, uh, yeah, that's right. Let me see. It was, uh, yeah, I see the tweet here 14 and seven are the ones are the only ones they haven't lost to yet, which is incredible. Fill the bingo card. Yeah. And then there was the whole, everybody looked at the, uh, the whiteboard. Somebody punched the whiteboard in the locker room, which was pretty great. And whiteboards aren't, they're not that thin, you know, I was about to say, I want to, I want to, I want to see which player, which player did that. Did you see how high it was on the whiteboard? Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 100%. 
That's a good point. Who else? Who else is throwing put? Like Gillis. Right. Like, no, they they have a couple like other tall-ish guys, but like that whiteboard, I'm assuming is decently high up there. Chest level punch. That's Edie. a good point. Edie, Edie there was a uh, somebody tweeted out that uh, uh, the the hole that they punched looked like New Jersey, and I was like, damn, what a tribute to Fairly Dickinson. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um real quickly, um yeah. NIT and WNIT. Um yeah. WNIT Rice got a win over BYU. Mm-hmm. AM Corpus Christi got blown up by Wyoming. Um and then we had the men the our region, the Zone Star State region, uh where SFA beat Texas State, Texas yeah. Tech beat UTEP, and SMU beat Little Rock. So we now have SF SFA versus Arkansas. And Texas Tech versus SMU in the next round. Yeah, Texas Tech, Texas Tech, SMU like might be a game between two teams I could win, but the whole thing. Um, so I'm actually really interested in that one. Texas Tech looked really good. SFA, yeah, they controlled that game for uh, what was it, that a ten point game to end? But eighty nine seventy nine final. Yeah, that was it. Was it wasn't that close? It was basically like they start. I think it was like twenty five to eight or twenty five to seven yeah. in the first quarter. Like it was, it was pretty convincing. Um, which is what I was worried about. As, as excited as I was for that game, I was like, man, SFA is just such a machine that it would not surprise me if they just blew the doors off. They shot, let me see, oh, they shot like 60% from the floor in the second half. <laughs> it was nuts. Um, so, yeah. Uh, who knows? Mark Kellogg might be putting on a show for that uh, that TCU brass. We'll see. That's makes a lot of sense. I was, I um, look, if there, there's one call I'm making if I'm TCU right now. At least make Mark Kellogg say no. Yes, 100%. Um, on the men's NIT side, North Texas beat Alcorn State and Sam Houston State beat um, Santa Clara mm-hmm. uh, on the road, let's remember. Yep. Uh, now North Texas will host Sam Houston on Sunday at 3, I believe it was. Um, yeah. Arguably, with Texas not being the defensive team it was, it, it has been, you know, Houston is a good defensive team still. Texas Tech is not being the, the defensive it, team. Is this the, are these the two best defensive teams in Texas? I, I think so. Like, like I think it, obviously it, statistically, I think at worst, Houston. The, I, I think at worst two of the three. Yes, at worst two of the three. Like, like again, Houston and Texas are higher rated than Kempom. Sure, right. a lot of that takes into consideration the strength of schedule sure. um, that that they play. Obviously, Texas playing in the Big Twelve, so it's kind of like that whole thing. When you play a highly rated offense, it doesn't hurt you as much. Right. Um, TCU. Yeah, TCU. I was about to say TCU's it, distant third from, oh, not distant third, but like their third. Uh, Sam Houston's rated better. But I test. <laughs> Look, oh, those other teams can score the ball, okay? Yeah. North Texas and Sam Houston are not trying to score the ball. No, no, no. They are they are playing defense. <laughs> they are playing defense. All right, like they they roll the balls out of practice like eight like an hour into practice because they and, North, and in north texas case they they ain't trying to get like like houston and, and they're trying to get the ball in transition and all that north texas nope 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 they get the rebound and they say you may you you may set up your off you may set up your defense opposing team we will not we will not try to race you down the court no so um my, in my opinion, the two best defensive teams or the two teams that rely on defense the most in the sure. state at the very least um, are going head-to-head in a game that Ken Palm has been 62-57 to 57 for North Texas. I don't see either team reaching 60 here. I don't know how that would be possible. Right. So um, I, there's an underplay I, I for one, gamblers out there. 
<laughs> one thing I do have to, I feel like the NIT, they gotta like look at, I feel like they adjust these games based on tempo. <laughs> because last year, we got UNT versus Texas State. You know, <laughs> the yes. slowest teams yes. in the nation. Yes. This year, UNT, the slowest team in the nation, 363 yep. in tempo. Sam Houston State, 324. Yeah. I, I swear to God, they just hit that little adjusted tempo filter on, on Ken Palm. And they say, all right, who can we match up with? Who we Let's got? see if we can. Who we got? Who we, got? we need slow defensive teams. Let's yeah. find a way to get them to play each other. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. I. That's going to be a really interesting game. A really, really interesting game. Because I don't think North Texas is playing like at a super high level right now. Sam sure. Houston is one on the road at Santa Clara. Like, yeah. I think North Texas is a better team, but Sam Houston can make this game very, very uncomfortable. And then, you know, they got Quay Grant. They got guards. Yeah. They can play. I'm trying to see if I, I might, I'm seeing if I can go to that game because uh, it's late on, on Sunday. I'm curious about the crowd because that's the last day of spring break. If people mm-hmm. are coming back, you know, from spring break, how that, how that, how the super pit's going to look. So it's going to be like a, I think it's going to be kind of a toss up to see if that's a decent crowd or not. Cause like, I feel like that, I feel like if you're coming back from spring break, you're coming back at night, typically. I don't um, know. The first NIT game wasn't great for North Texas. Well, I mean, again, spring break. That's my that's my thing. It's like this yeah. is the last day of spring break. So it's like, do you have a better crowd or is it going to be like a late arriving, you know, students are late arriving back home or something like that? I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah. But anyways, that's a good game on Sunday. So check that one out if, um, if you have the time at three o'clock. Definitely. And yeah, that's all we got. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. Uh, leave us a like, comment, share um all that stuff uh you can tweet at us at matthew bruni underscore and at ishmael r johnson and at texas uh, or dct basketball um yeah the games are going on right now Furman and san diego state's playing got the we'll see how the women do today uh we'll probably get a podcast on monday or tuesday um i guess probably t- tuesday because then the, the women's will have their first two rounds done right on monday so we'll be able to go from there so yeah Hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, Send to a friend. We appreciate y'all's support and we will talk to y'all later.